0: Love Talk Radio. Zina Shinsky, and you're listening to Live Without Limits. Today's show is titled, Positive Thinking Won't Make You Rich, but this type of thinking will. And why are we talking about positive thinking? Because if you have a good attitude, if you believe in the things that you're saying, and if you believe in yourself, if you can improve your self-esteem, then your outlook on life will be better. And just like in the laws of attraction, when you have a good outlook, then you're putting out a lot of positive energy. And that positive energy will come back to you a hundredfold. How many times have I heard... People who go to church on Sunday, and what do they do? They give tithes. And why do they give tithes? Because that money will come back to them tenfold. You can control two things, your work ethic and your attitude about anything, said Ali Krieger. Whenever you're feeling down on your luck or efforts, how many times have you heard someone say, just be positive? It will be okay. Or how many times have you told yourself to keep your chin up and that things will look better in due time? I think we've all experienced and done this at some point. When I was working hard to get rich, I repeated these phrases to myself all the time. I did everything to try and stay positive. When things got hard, within one day, all of that changed. I'm going to go back and tell you a little story. That I was born in 1951, and back then you had a lot of children being born with cerebral palsy, and to differing degrees. But we lived in a society at that time that did not even recognize its disability community or even acknowledge that they existed. Therefore, there were no laws that guarantee people with disabilities the right to an education. There were no laws that guarantee people with disabilities the right to employment. And. It was not until the late 1970s that the Individual Disability Education Act came into existence and that became law in 1980. And for the first time, children with disabilities were guaranteed the right to an education. And then it was in 1990 that we passed the Americans with Disabilities Act. Now, prior to that, you had the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. And those address the same thing that the ADA addresses. The only difference is that a clause in the ADA guarantees people with disabilities the right to employment. And if they feel that they're being discriminated against, then they can file a lawsuit with the Department of Justice or the EEOC. Now here's the kicker, you have to prove discrimination when you file a lawsuit. And because people with disabilities were not even recognized and society didn't even admit that we existed, then what happened was Many of those children lived at home, and either they be, became a burden on the parents because the parents did not have respite care at the time when they could get away and just take time for themselves, and they had a child that was totally dependent on them because based on the severity of the disability. And... I'm lucky that I had an education because my disability is really very mild, but it's still obvious and I still was mistreated by both my parents and the kids in school, mainly because they just didn't understand what it was that I had and that you can't catch it. It's something that you have to be born with. Now, here's the kicker. It did affect how I learned, but it didn't mean that I couldn't learn. And the opportunities that I've had in life came because I believed in myself, because whenever anyone would tell me I couldn't do something, it was like putting a red flag in front of me and daring me to prove them wrong, so that in a way I had a very good
1: attitude about my life, and in many ways,
0: if you look at psychology and Freud and the draw, I always saw myself at a distance from my family because I was the one that was not going to accept that I was helpless. I always tried to do things for myself, and because of that, I even got physically abused and from my mother, I was constantly being emotionally and verbally abused. And the sad part was that was the only way they knew how to deal with things because that was what the home that they grew up in. And we don't realize just how the attitudes we have today come from when we were children and the things that we were told at that time. I was done with positive thinking, and it was when I flipped. That thought around that things really started changing and looking up, and the fun started. So let me tell you what happened to me, that I understood that what was going on around me was not right. And I knew that I believed in myself to an extent, but I also knew that I had low self-esteem because those were the things that I was constantly being told by my peers, by adults. And that was because that was the attitude at that time. And only when I started studying psychology and I started understanding about the different concepts, then I began to change. I began to look at what was going on around me. And I began to become the person that I truly wanted to be and not let them tell me who or what I was. And because of that, it made me even that much more estranged from my family. Because if you look at a family unit, each person reacts a certain way and it does things a certain way, and that's what makes those relationship works. But if any one of those people change and don't react, the way that they were expected to, then there is definitely a breakdown in that family and things are going to change. And either they're going to try and bring you back into the fold or you're going to have to disassociate yourself from them. What do I mean? Well, let me start with this example. On a scale of one to ten, one being the lowest, imagine that you are a person with a level 2 strength of character and attitude looking at a level 5 problem. Would this problem appear to be big or little? From a level 2 perspective, a level 5 problem would seem like a big problem. Now, imagine you've grown yourself and become a person person with level eight strength of character. Would the same level five problem be a big problem or a little problem? Magically, the identical problem is now a little problem. Finally, imagine that you really worked hard on yourself to become a level 10 person. Now, the same level five problem, a big problem or a little problem? The answer is that it's no problem. It doesn't even register on your brain as a problem. There's no negative energy around it. It's just a normal occurrence to handle, like brushing your teeth or getting dressed. It gets easier the higher the level you're at. Now, why do you think this? It's simple. It lies in what I like to call power thinking. What's the difference between the two? Power thinking versus positive thinking. How is power thinking different from positive thinking? Well, the distinction is slight but profound. With positive thinking, people use positive thinking to pretend that everything is rosy when they really believe that it's not. People believe that their thoughts are true. With power thinking, however, everything is neutral. Nothing has meaning except for the meaning we give it. Our thoughts are not true, but since we're making up the story anyway, we might as well make up a story that supports us. We don't do this because our new thoughts are true in an absolute sense, but because they are useful to us and feel a heck of a lot better than non-supportive ones. So it all comes down to this. If your subconscious financial blueprint is not set for success, nothing you learn, nothing you know, and nothing you do will make much of a difference. That's all in the mindset. And let me tell you what happens with mindset and where it literally comes from because we don't realize how the environment that we grow up in really affects who we are, how we think, and it's always that you have to learn how to change those thoughts. And in changing those thoughts, begin to change your mindset. Because if you believe that you're worth $10 an hour, that's all you're going to make. But if you believe you're worth 100 a 1000 even $5,000 an hour, then that's what you're going to make. And here's another thought to think about, that... Many a time, I've seen where people just don't know what to charge for their services. Well, the idea is here. Do your research. See what other people that are doing what you are doing are charging. If you try to really undercut, then that's all the value that you're going to offer or that people are going to perceive And when it comes time to decide whether or not this is what whether they're going to hire you or not, they're gonna look at your track record, they're gonna think about all of those things. And they're gonna know that even if you decide later on that you wanna go up in price and you're gonna cut that because you don't offer value in what you are offering, then why would they look at want to be paying more for your services or to even you be able to even offer them an upsell of any product that you have? After 14 years of struggle, I finally changed my thinking. I went for positive thinking, to power thinking. And the first thing I did was commit to my success. Stay focused. Dedicated 100% of myself and played the money game to win. I swore I would focus and not even consider leaving the business until I was a millionaire or more. I became a level 10 person. This was radically different from my previous efforts where, because I always thought short term, I lacked focus. I would Constantly get sidetracked by either good opportunities or when things got tough. I convinced myself everything will be okay. Positive thinking. But I kept my eyes and ears peeled to any opportunity that came my way. It's not enough to be in the right place at the right time. You have to be the right person in the right place at the right time. If you want to change the fruits, you first have to change the roots. (coughs) What that means is, and to me what that means is, that in my case, or in certain people's case that I've worked with, I've seen where, and you see this happening more now than you did in the past, and people think, that just because someone's a celebrity, that they have it all. Well, that may be true to an extent when it comes to money, but emotionally, aren't they meeting each other's needs? And how is that? And also, remember this, we are made up by our experiences. And the things we went through as children and what our expectations are in a relationship and who we are today. What someone wants in their 20s is not what they're going to want in their 30s. What they want in their 30s is not going to be what they want in their 40s. Because as you age, your needs change. From day to day, your needs change. So no matter what you're getting in a relationship today, it may not work tomorrow. So that And it doesn't mean that you don't care about each other. It just means that when you live with someone 24-7, that you have to, whenever you make a decision, your decisions are based on how is it going to affect the other person? How is it going to affect your children? But when you're living alone, the only person you have to be responsible for is yourself, and is it going to make you happy? And, what you get from a relationship at one, at one point may meet those needs at that point, but isn't going to meet your needs ten, fifteen, twenty, 15, 20, or even 30 years later. Remember, back in the 50s, in the 20th century, and the, and earlier, what was going on? When couples got married, good or bad, they stayed together whether they were happy or unhappy. But once the 60s came along, once you started seeing people like Bob Dylan and Anna, their mantra, when you started seeing things like the flower, the music started changing, Then, and the flower children are the terms that we use, and the, what they call the hippies, but all of that, was the changing of the cultures, of the thinking, of, of what people wanted. So, therefore, what was happening was that you start seeing more openness, more expression of things, and how all of those things affect who we are today and what we want in relationships also changes. So, if you want to change the visible, you must first change the invisible in every forest, on every farm, in every orchard on earth. It's what's under the ground that creates what's above the ground. That's why placing your attention on the fruits that you have already grown is futile. You cannot change the fruits that are already hanging on the tree. You can, however, Change tomorrow's roots, But to do so, you will have to dig below the ground and strengthen the roots. You've got to work on power thinking. What you cannot see in the world is far more powerful than anything that you can see. Money is a result. Wealth is a result. Health is a result. Your weight is a result. We live in a world cause and effect. A lack of money is never, ever, ever a problem. A lack of money is namely a symptom of what is going on underneath. And all that lies is how you think. Whatever results you're getting, but they are rich or poor, good or bad, positive or negative, always remember this. Your outer world is simply a reflection of your inner world. Think of it this way. In the laws of attraction, the energy that you put out is what comes back to you. So if you're putting out negative energy, then that's what's coming back to you. That's the, what's going on inside you because you don't believe in yourself. You don't believe that you deserve to have better. And what I'm going to do is tell you a little story about someone that I know. And she's an elder woman, and currently she has cancer. And she's in a specific research project because she wants a miracle. But the thing is, going back, that as a child growing up, When her parents got married and they had their first child, the doctors told the mother not to have any more children because she, they did not believe that she could handle having more children and the responsibility. Well, about five years or four years after they had their son, the mother decided she wanted another child. So the father went on and they had another child. Well, what happened then? The mother had a nervous breakdown. She ended up in the institution. Her daughter did not even realize she had a mother until she was like eight years old. And she had been put in orphanages or sent off to cousins. So simply because the father couldn't take care of her himself. Then when the mother passed away, He finally got remarried to someone to to make sure that he had someone to take care of his daughter. Well, she always felt unworthy, and then when her father passed away and left all the finances to her brother, then she felt even more unworthy. But back in those times when women got married, that was expected that the husbands would be taking care of them and taking care of all their financial needs. So that's why the father, in essence, left everything to the brother. And yet, in her, it left residual resentment. And many years later, when she first got married, and it was Passover, and she didn't have the money to go out, and get the dishes and buy the food and they were very orthodox then the rabbi helped her and she would only spend what she felt she should spend and she didn't want to spend any more than that and then the rabbi would go out and he would purposely go out and get her everything she needed and then even today now that she's sick when she first went in for a study and she was rejected for that particular study, she felt like, well, her her granddaughter had come in, and this one had come in, and it was wasted money because instead of looking at it as of a fact that at least it was time for her to spend time together to leave them a memory because you never know when your time is over. But... Make the most of it, because long after you're gone, whether it's today or tomorrow, you want those children to have good memories about you. And I can tell you, my father died when I was 18, and my mother died two days before my 60th birthday. And my birthday is in another week, and I'm going to be 68, so she's not eight years now. But. When I look back at my childhood, I have no good memories of my parents. Um, what I remember about my father was his cons- was my hands going up to protect myself because, well, because he hit first and asked questions later. Whether any argument was my fault or not, I got blamed for it. So understanding all of that, I knew that that's what I remember. Most yes, we did things. Yes, my father. But those things didn't matter because I never felt that I was loved. That only once in the eighteen years, my father only hugged me once and told me he loved me, and uh, and that was only because I had gotten hit for something, and they were they wanted me to apologize, and I would. It took me six weeks to apologize, and only then did he ever hug me. And I was 12 years old at the time. So when you figure that he passed away when I was 18 and I only remember once, then that's not a good memory. So you want to be able to leave people with a good memory of you and what you have to offer them. In other words, everything you see and don't see in your life, do or don't do in your life, everything you have or don't have is a result of who you are on the inside. It's that critical. Now, how do you change your inner world if you're not getting the results you're looking for? The first step, awareness. Becoming aware of those thoughts that are creating the feelings which are driving your actions and causing your results. So I ask you this, are you a level 2 person, a level 5 person, or a level 10 person? Are you being held back from living the life you've always wanted because of positive thinking? If so, join me for my free web class and learn to think positively. You want to be living life to its fullest by fully taking control of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. You want to be fully aware of yourself and make choices based on your inner power, not judgment or fear. Judgment and fear will keep you from having what you truly want in life, and that's no way to live. And remember this, that how you live your life, the things that you believe in, the causes that you see, that's it's all up to you to see yourself as the person that you want to be. And remember that it's all about Positive thinking, the way you think about the, yourself, the way you believe in yourself, in your abilities. And here's one final thought that as a child, you're constantly hearing people say things, and for me it was, you're not okay. If you've ever heard of transactional analysis and the, and, and the four quadrants, I'm okay you're okay, I'm not okay, you're okay, I'm okay, you're not okay, I'm not okay, and you're not okay, and what that is, is that if your parents are constantly telling you, and your peers and your teachers are constantly telling you, and giving you negative feedback, and telling you things like, you're stubborn, you can't live on your own, you can't hold a job, these are things that you eventually internalize and you believe and you kind of have to begin to understand that you can change that way of thinking. You can learn how to think more positively. You can learn to believe in yourself. And when you do so, then what you're doing is you're changing your mindset from that of being a negative one to a positive one, and remember, you can go to my website, and you can, which is the number one personalcareercoach.com, and you can sign up for both individual or group coaching, and you can sign up for any one of my courses to learn how to believe in yourself and change your mindset.